with your permission, Lord. In this second meditation, return to the scene of our Lord's encounter with the Samaritan woman. But this time we look at it from the, from the other side. Um, last time we focused on the woman and how that can mirror our own encounter with the Lord. And, um, and now we look at it from our Lord's perspective. And what that means for us in a particular way for our apostolate. That if the first meditation focused on our, our discipleship, our conversion, our following the Lord, well, now we see how as we're called to become other Christs, we'll see through the actions of our Lord, what does that look like? How do we, how do we imitate our Lord in his encounter with this woman from Samaria? So he left Judea and departed to Galilee, and he came to pass through Samaria. As I said, uh, enemy territory. Our Lord is is going out, and he's in this area that, um, as a Jewish man, he would not have been welcomed. He would not have been um, among friendly faces. And for the Christian, um, as we kind of go out into the world... Um, you know, Israel, uh, Samaria, that territory belonged to Israel. It's part of the promised land. It's not in and of itself bad, but it had been um, calcified through, through these bad political and religious relations with the Jewish people. And so we too, as we go out into the world, which God created, but has been so disfigured so many times, by sin, you know, God created a community. He created uh, all that we see. He created each and every person, but that this gets disfigured through sin. And so it may seem sometimes when we go out in the apostolic field, like we're going into enemy territory. Um, but it's important to see that these, the people who encounter the institutions that have been built up, like, this all comes from and is being held in being by Almighty God. It needs to be won back for him. It's not new territory so much as it's maybe it's fallen from, from the right relationship it should have. It needs to be won back for our Lord. And he came to the city of Samaria called Sikar, near the field that Jacob gave his son Joseph. And then we get the setting of the scene again. Jacob's well was there. And so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, sat down beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. Jesus is tired. He's been, you know, who knows how long they've been walking. Maybe since probably daybreak. And so, you know, six hours of travel and there's more to go. And um, wearied as he was by the journey, our Lord sits down for a rest. And that's from his perspective when this encounter happens. When he's tired. It's been a long day already. Just sitting down, getting a rest. And maybe a lot of times if, we're, if we pay attention, the opportunities for apostolate happen in our lives when we're tired. 
when we're already, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, like the old, um, you want to have a race, well, I'm going to go run five miles, if I try to race the priest in our diocese, who's a very good runner, like, let's let him run five miles, and then I'll start, and as he's on mile six, I'll be on mile one, we'll just race one mile, we'll see who wins, and even then, it probably, he'd probably beat me pretty bad, right, but there's something about, like, our Lord is tired, and oftentimes, we can maybe think with this, that we are, um, uh, you know, this is not the time. This is not the time for me to engage this person. I'm tired. I'm busy. I got a lot going on. I'm nervous. I'm worried. I got stuff at home. This is day off from apostle. Like, no, this is when apostle happens. Lord, you give us the strength to, to work with your grace. When we're tired, when we're weak, then we're strong in our Lord. He works through our weakness. He works through our tiredness. We should never be too tired for apostolate. We should never be, um, never consider that, uh, I don't want to interact with this person. There's a line um, in the forge um, somewhere. Let's see if I can look it up. But um, there's a line in the forge that not a single soul for us, not a single soul is a matter of indifference. If we're really apostolic souls, then not a single soul can be a matter of indifference. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to find it. Here you go, got it. Not a single soul, not one can be a matter of indifference to you. That's 951 of the forge. Not a single soul can be a matter of indifference. It doesn't mean we go about it with a type of neurotic, we gotta, we gotta save everyone. No, no, no. But everybody's soul matters. Whoever built that devil statue on campus, like that person's soul matters. Every person who thinks it's a great idea, that their souls matter. Not a single soul is a matter of indifference. We're never too tired to bring people to our Lord. And so it's noon, it's hot. Jesus is tired, he sits down for a rest. And there came a woman from Samaria to draw water. And so our Lord engages her, but he engages her with real naturalness. Give me a drink. It's very small. It, um just to ask, ask for a drink of water. Strike up a natural conversation. He doesn't say to her, hey, lady who had five husbands and is living with a different guy now, like, let's, let's talk about getting your moral and religious life back in order. Let's lead off with that. No, he starts out small, with naturalness. Give me a drink of water. I don't know, maybe that's the, um, that's the equivalent of that time of like, got a light, right? Got a light, right? But there's something to that. Like a very, we should be willing as we reach out to people, we care about their souls, but in a natural way to start small, to ask nice, normal, leading questions, to approach on a natural level. And so we need to have that refinement, <coughs> the refinement, which allows us to, to do that, to, to not have bad manners. <laughs> 
to not um, ignore people, to know how to make eye contact, to know how to strike up a conversation and actually be interested. Give me a drink. Give me a drink of water. For his disciples, they go, they went away to buy food in the city. They're, they're hungry, they're buying food. So the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. So she's there, she wants water, so our Lord, in reaching out in apostolate, talks about her desires. What is she, what's she looking for? She's looking for the water. And she kind of, again, she sasses him. And maybe if in times in apostolate, people want to sass us the way we sass our Lord, we don't let it get us down. We don't, we don't say, oh, way to go. Okay, fine, that's your attitude. See you later, right? Good luck for the rest of eternity. Um, we don't do that. We, um, we keep at it, but with naturalness, with a real, um, with perseverance, tenacity, willingness to kind of, to keep in there and to be creative in how we talk. If you knew the gift of God and who it was saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. It's interesting because cause that's the, as we progress in both our natural and our supernatural virtues, you know, okay, getting really good at time management, at study skills, at, at the, you know, okay, so we're starting talking and yeah, look, I can, I can help you with your homework. I can help you learn how to get an A in this class. I can help you learn how to manage your schedule. I can talk to you on natural stuff. But if you really knew who was talking to you, you would start asking about interior life. You'd ask about holiness. You don't even, you're going to give me sass on something very basic. Not only could I, could I help you on the natural level, but I can help you on a supernatural level. We'd have the confidence. Our Lord knows exactly who he is. What are we? We, followers of our Lord, apostles of our Lord, going out and spreading his love. Sure. Look, you're thirsty. Great. Like, I'll, I can give you all the water in the world. But I could give you something more than that. If you knew who was saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. Something so much deeper. Something so much more um, filling. We, what we have to offer people in our apostolate, the love of our Lord, introducing them to our Lord, is, can bring them so much more happiness than good grades, than material success, than relationships, um, human relationships. It can give them so much more happiness. If they only knew, if they knew the, the depth of what we, what our religion offers, what you offer, Lord, and how we want to communicate that. The woman said to him, sir, again, she's sassing him, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where are you going to get living water? Even here, it's a little insulting. Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well to drink from it himself and his sons and his cattle? Are you greater than that? that that's... And if we get rebuffed, people kind of push away from us. If they, Provided we're not being, 
you know, pushy or weird or, you know, but if we're trying to continue ourselves to work with naturalness, maybe they're still going to push us away. Okay. And again, Jesus here could just said, fine, lady, get your water and go home. Leave me alone. Right? Like, no, but he doesn't. Our Lord doesn't say that. I may have said that even early on in the conversation. Um, but no, uh, our Lord keeps drawing her in. So he, he he tells her, if you knew the gift of God, okay, you would have asked for a living water. Keeps drawing her in. Showing that ultimately just material stuff doesn't satisfy. Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. It's just the way of creation. Ah, I had a cup of water before the first meditation. I'm thirsty now, right? It, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. No amount of pleasure, power, honor, or wealth can satisfy us. No amount of civic or oh, we live in this perfectly ordered society. And now these little tiny viruses are driving everything crazy. Order just breaks down. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. It's never going to ultimately satisfy. Oh, but if we just get back to normal, that's all we want right now. Just get back to normal. No, because even that's not going to be enough. And then normal will break down some other way. But the water, but whoever drinks the water I shall give him will never thirst. Here we go. We're offering. We're offering something eternal. We're offering something that changes us, not just in this world, but in the next for all of eternity. We know it's not. It's not about the the gallons of water. It's about eternal life, eternal happiness. That's what we want. So we want. That's what we want. Never lose sight in the apostle of what do we actually want. I want people to come to a Bible study. No, that's a good means, but. No, I want people to come to play basketball, even less, right? Um, I want more people to, to come here to our church. No, 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 no. I want people to encounter the Lord, to receive his salvation, to receive his grace and sacraments in whatever context, wherever, in whatever church. Don't lose sight of that. I want them to receive the water so that they will never be thirsty again. And our Lord gives us the sacraments, particularly the his grace, which is a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Again, our goal in apostolate should be that we're only introducing people to you, Lord. That's it. I want to introduce people to you and then get out of the way. St. Jose Maria would say, hide and disappear. Just hide and disappear. Just get out of the way. We introduce them to you and then from there... Like, do we really believe? Do we really believe? If we can just get someone to talk to our Lord, he could take it from there. Lord, do we really trust you enough in our apostolate? We trust you to work in people's hearts. We're going to get them to you. We're going to help them along. We're going to keep encouraging them. It's not about winning disciples for me. So we win new souls for you, Lord. That your disciples. And you take it, and you take the lead. That's the ball game. So now she's interested, right? Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, 
go call your husband and come here. Right? Sometimes when we're bringing people along, introduce them to our Lord, they get interested. But you know what? There's that stuff that we have to have the courage to, to say like, go, go call your husband. But look at the way he, he doesn't say, okay, listen, lady, we got to talk about your husbands, right? And all the, the, the your past relationships. Like, he doesn't say that. He, he, he invites, he's gently now, the way he started the conversation with her gently, he takes it deeper, more gently. Go call your husband. I have no husband. You're right in saying you have no husband for you've had five husbands. And he whom you now have is not your husband. This you've said truly. Right? Okay, let's not... When it comes to talking about um, sins or failings, when it comes to bringing up these areas where, where people need to grow or we need to grow ourselves, but in apostolate in particular, where those don't be... Um, we shouldn't gloat in it. Um, we shouldn't be superior ourselves. Also, like, it's not... Sin isn't that interesting. It's just, like, it's boring, and people think it's so great, but it's not. Like, sin is not that interesting. So our Lord is just very um, matter-of-fact. You're right in saying, I have no husband, for you've had five. Let's not, let's not beat around the bush. We know what's going on, Right? Okay, now look, don't, unless the Lord gives you a special grace, don't, don't play the prophet in this way, trying to guess at people's sins. But come on, I know, I know, you know, that most times you don't end up back in your room at the end of the night. Like, let's, let's not beat around the bush there. I know, uh, you know, every Thursday and Friday and Saturday, you're at the bar till late. You never seem to get up early the next day. Right? I know, we know these things. Let's not beat around the bush. Like, okay. This is, this is, these are obstacles. Let's call them what they are. With gentleness, always being very careful to not just make it seem like this is the whole goal, that we're, our goal is to fix people, right? Our goal is not to fix people. Our goal is to introduce them to the Lord. He does the fixing. He's the divine physician. We're getting people to the doctor. But if someone's not willing to recognize that they're sick, they're not going to go to the doctor. And so sometimes we've got to be helpful saying, hey, you got a bit of a, a cough there. Maybe you need to have that looked at. Let's, let's be honest about it. Let's not call it this is really okay. And no, this is not something you're going to be able to keep doing for the rest of your life. And no one's going to bring it up. No one's going to say anything. No, I love you too much for that. You're too important to not bring it up. Which, obviously, before any conversation like that, we should talk to our Lord. We should pray about it. Get advice from a good spiritual advisor. Really be sure we're not overstepping the limits of prudence there. But then there are times when we do have to bring it up. Okay, let's, let's talk about this elephant in the room. What are you doing drawing water in the middle of the day? No one wants to be around you. What's going on? Okay. And then being matter of fact. Not, oh, this is so terrible. That's so, or, and not only like, oh, that's no big deal. Whatever, everyone does that. Like, no, no, but just matter of fact. This is, this is what it is. This is the situation. Okay. You're right. You, if you're willing to admit it, I have no husband. Yep, you're right, because this is, a, this is the situation. So she changes the subject. So I perceive you're a prophet, so let's talk about the religious aspect of stuff. Our fathers worshipped on the mountain. You say that Jerusalem is a place to worship. And then our Lord really brings the message home. This is it. This is like the, this is the knockout punch. 
Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, but we worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. And how much is that the case with people seeking happiness and pleasure, power, wealth, or honor? They're worshiping what they don't know, trying to find God in a way that they, they don't understand. These are, these are the gods, or the gods of, um, you know, sports, uh, all professional sports. And that's kind of the new religion, going to a football stadium on a Sunday. And it's those crowds that are there and the, the ritual that surrounds it. You're worshiping what you don't know. You're trying to find happiness. God, God created the goodness, but it's being so ugh, warped. We worship what we do know. We know, we know, Lord, you're, you're God. We find our happiness in you. We know, we have the truth. But the hour is coming now is when worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. We receive the Holy Spirit. We worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such the Father seeks to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The moral questions ultimately get fixed. This, this change of topic is not is actually getting more to the root. What's going to stop people from living lives of sin? Conversion. Love. Love with our fallen in love with you, Lord. That's it. It's becoming saints. Saints don't have time to sin. Saints don't want to sin. I don't want to offend you, Lord. This is how, how are we going to get people to live lives of um, sobriety, chastity, and excellence? How are we going to get people to, to live lives where they're willing to put away the sins, those, all whatever sins they're holding on to? It's love. Fall in love. What's the secret to the whole thing? Just fall in love. That's the very last point of the way. What's the secret to perseverance? Love. Fall in love. And you will not leave him. We want people to fall in love with you, Lord. We want to fall in love with you. And our apostolate, our goal is to help people along to fall in love with you, Lord. So now again, this woman has the, the very honest, I know the Messiah is coming, he who's called Christ, and when he comes, he'll show us all things. Jesus said to her, I am he who is speaking with you. I am. Ultimately, we're bringing people into the presence of God. Imagine what would it be like? I walk with people sometimes along the way, meetings to go meet the Archbishop. And, and so like, okay, come on in. And it's the Archbishop of Hartford, right? Um, but it's like, okay, well, what's the Archbishop like? Well, no, just do this, say this, be honest. Well, what should I bring about? Sure, bring it up if it comes up. You know, okay, well, people are very... All the more so, that's our role with regard to introducing people to God. We're walking them into the presence of I am. And so in our apostolate, we're bringing them into the very presence of the living God who created them. Like, this is God who created them, 
who loves them, who knows this, and not introducing people to a stranger. This is the God who's currently holding them in being. Created them out of love, who died for them. Our Lord saw each and every person from the cross, each and every, each and every one of them, dying for that person, for that person. Jesus, listen, so-and-so for whom you died. We bring our friends, family members, co-workers to our Lord. Listen, remember, Lord, this isn't the first time our Lord is meeting this person. No, 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 you died for this person, Lord. I'm bringing you someone for whom you died. Apostle, it's just bringing back to God what was God's in the first place. Bringing all those for whom our Lord shed his precious blood back to him in love. And so she goes away into the city to announce all this on her own apostolate now. That's, again, the goal of our apostolate is to form apostles. We want not just, as people encounter our Lord, then we want, we want to form apostles. We want to win new apostles for our Lord so that this thing spreads. So they meet our Lord and fall in love, then they go and they spread it. And they go through the same program of apostolate, bringing more people, one at a time, person by person. Out of a hundred souls, we're interested in a hundred. Not a single one can be a matter of indifference. Okay, so the apostles get back on the scene. Just the kind of little detail toward the end of the story. They get back on the scene and they're like, Rabbi, you got to eat something. <laughs> right? You're hungry. Uh, I just think it kind of seems so foolish, right? You're having this big climatic. She goes, it's this soul one for our Lord. But then guess what? Like they come back and they're just like, Hey, Rabbi, you got to eat something. Like, when we work in the apostolic field, so many people aren't going to notice. And then we're just going to get back into the Monday. Just had this incredible conversation. And we brought someone to our Lord. And someone's going to be like, hey, you had lunch yet? I go, okay. <laughs> but it's in the midst then of the, of the whole day that we, we okay. Got to go back to class. And it's just going to be business as normal. Okay, whatever. Got a clock in to work. Okay, fine. Rabbi, the poor apostles here, they're so, they can't get it right if they try. <laughs> Rabbi, Rabbi, eat. You got to eat something. But then what does our Lord say? Because he, he knows what just happened. They don't have a clue. They're just wondering why he's talking to this woman. They don't have a clue what's going on. He said to them, though, I have food to eat of which you do not know. And again, so they're just so, has someone else brought him food? Like, what's going on? And so... They're the one like, we we were gonna go buy the food. What? Oh no! Who brought him? Who else brought him food? Who could it be? Jesus said to them, "My food is to do the will of Him who sent me, and to accomplish the work." That's it. And said, "And this should be us. My will, my food, my sustenance, my nourishment, to do the will of the one who sent me, as we're sent out on apostolate to do the will of the Father, and to bring people to our Lord." We do the will of the one who sent us. That nourishes us. But it doesn't mean that we're going to be taken out of the, the comical, the just ridiculous sometimes. Uh, and sometimes our ridiculous comes from the apostles, from the institutional church, right? It's like, all right, we're winning souls for a little. Yeah, but bingo, get them to bingo. Like, all right, it's time for bingo tonight. 
it's a big thing. Okay, we're closing church, they're closing activities and whatever. We're worried about adoration. Apparently in the diocese, we were calling like, they canceled bingo in my church. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. Okay, fine. Whatever. Like, Lord, you know, you nourish us with the apostolate. You know the depth of what's going on. This one soul, one for our Lord. Later, much later in the, um, in the Acts of the Apostles, Philip goes, Philip the deacon, goes to Samaria to, um, to preach the gospel. And they receive it. And they receive it overwhelmingly. Um, I think a lot of that is this one encounter in the well. And then the woman and what she went off and did and the people she told and the apostles that she won. And so, too, if we do this, then we, um, many more souls will be won. So as we conclude our time of prayer, we ask Our Lady to, um, to help us in the apostolate. She, she knows, she loves all the souls too. She can help us with tremendous naturalness to have the courage to reach out apostolically, to bring people to her son. That's so much what she was probably doing, bringing people back and forth to her son. And so she, she, we ask Our Lady to pray for us, uh, to be faithful and good apostles. To, to be always ready to introduce people to our Lord so that they may know and encounter him and having that encounter with I am and speaking with I am, God of all of eternity, their lives may be changed forever.